it is finale time, and to go out with a bang, I'm going to switch things up for this itinerary. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Bree, and you're listening to Ticket to Nowhere, the show that offers up a little dose of escapism for the people who love travel. This week, we are jetting off to Italy for a whole month. We are going to be doing lots of different things, but there's definitely a focus on food here. It is Italy, after all. So consider me your imagination's travel agent for the next. 30 to 40 minutes, it is the finale after all, as I take you on a journey. It won't hurt your wallet, there's no carbon footprint, and the weather is always cooperative. If you're thinking that that sounds too good to be true, you'd be right. I sit down and dream up exciting but fictional itineraries. I want to stress that these trips are for entertainment purposes only. Okay, a whole month in Italy... We are going to be focusing on the Amalfi Coast for this trip, and Sorrento will be acting as our home base for a majority of this trip. Now, I know you're used to the day-by-day schedules that I produce each episode, but for this itinerary, it's going to be a little bit more laid back, we'll say. I've been using a strict schedule format for these episodes so far because it's honestly easier to tell it like a story in this podcast format. However, not all itineraries need to be a strict schedule. The format we're going with today is great for people who don't want to overplan their trip and be a bit more flexible while they're there. So basically what I've done is I've laid out where we'll be sleeping each night and put together a couple day adventures that can be done in any order at any point throughout the trip. The rest of the days are just going to be considered free time to go with the flow and relax. Also, just an FYI, I did create this itinerary with first-time visitors in mind. And per usual, I have no problem spending my fictional money on really cool things. That being said, I will include some more economical (laughs) alternatives in the appendix section. So we are going to start off the month with two days set aside just for traveling, just flying into Europe, basically. The next three days I've set aside almost like a long weekend trip to Rome. Now I figure we'll be flying into Rome anyway to get to the Amalfi Coast, and since I'm imagining this for first-time visitors, we might as well stay for a weekend in the city. Highlights in Rome are obviously the Colosseum, the Trevi Fountain, visiting the Vatican City and seeing the Sistine Chapel. Fun fact, Vatican City, despite its name, is actually a country. The world's smallest country, in fact. The world's 15th smallest country is also an enclave in Italy, meaning it's surrounded on all sides by the same country. And that country is called San Marino and is located in the northeastern part of the country. If you didn't know, Amalfi Coast is on the west coast of the country, and it's not at the very south, but it is more south than Rome. Getting back to Rome, a more unique thing that we could do during our visit is visit the Villa d'Este in Tivoli. This is a little out of the city, but the villa was once a cardinal's in the 16th century. 
It is now a mind-blowing botanical garden with fountains and artificial grottos and exotic plants. I am a huge fan of visiting botanical gardens, and this might be the most elaborate garden I've come across. During our stay in Rome, we should also try some quintessential Roman food before we head to the sea. Restaurants to try include Norceneria e Gastronoma Sicini, which is a very long name, uh, but if you want to try experiencing a true family-run Italian deli and grab some lunch to go, it's not too far from the Colosseum, so you'll probably be in the neighborhood anyway. Next up, we can try Felice e Testaccio, and there we can order some Cacio e Pepe, which translates to just cheese and pepper, uh, and they will make it at your table for you, which is always fun, which I love when a restaurant does that. It's just fun. And lastly, we cannot leave Rome without trying some carbonara, so we can head over to Rossioli to get some carbonara. That brings us to the sixth day of the month. We'll set aside two more days at the end of the month for traveling again, and that leaves us with 23 days left on the Amalfi Coast. So to start, we'll be taking a train from Rome to Naples, which is the third largest city in Italy after Rome and then Milan. We'll stay in Naples for another three days to see the sights in this city as well. While we are in Naples, we can make time to visit the Grand Palace of Naples. This palace has a beautiful ballroom that has been refurbished after getting destroyed during a war, although I couldn't determine which war. But the overall palace was built in the 17th century and was home to the royal family of Naples for three centuries. Three. Another thing to do in Naples is attend an opera at the San Carlo Theater. This city is making it easy for us because this theater is attached to the Grand Palace, so it's two birds with one stone. This theater is open in 1737, and just picture a extremely ornate red and gold horse-shaped room to watch the opera in. Finally, while we're in Naples, we absolutely must eat some margarita pizza. Margarita pizza was born in Napoli, and it's truly a patriotic dish, having the tomato sauce, mozzarella, and basil leaves showcase the colors of the Italian flag. Also, this pizza is named after the once queen of Italy, Margarita Maria Teresa Giovanna di Savoia, aka Margarita of Savoy, which is much easier to remember. On day nine, it's time to move more south, and this part is very exciting, possibly the most exciting part of the trip right here. From Naples, we are going to be picked up in a yacht. This is a two-bedroom yacht that I found on Airbnb, and it sleeps up to four people. It has an indoor and outdoor dining area with plenty of space on the front and back decks to sprawl out and sunbathe. We are 100% going to embrace the luxe life for the day. Our boat is going to pick us up from Naples and sail us over to Capri, which is a very small island off the Amalfi Coast, if you were wondering. For lunch, we are going to sail to a private little cove somewhere off the coast of the island. Capri has gorgeous rocky shores and bright blue waters 
which make for an abundance of gorgeous sea coves and grottoes. After lunch, we can enjoy the sun and heat up for a bit before taking a swim in this little private spot of our own in the beautiful Mediterranean Sea. This, this is what daydreams are made of right here. When the midday heat starts to fade, we can dock in the marina and begin strolling the streets of Marina Grande, which is a town on the island, eventually making it up to our dinner reservation at a place called Da Paulino Restaurant. The patio here has been completely covered by a pergola of lemon trees, so you can dine right under the fruit that you're eating. Now the pasta here looks incredible, so it's really no surprise, but this restaurant is frequented by many celebrities, actually. Their site has a whole gallery of celebrity photos on it. There's a photo of the Kardashian and Smith family there together. There's photos of Michelle Yeoh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Uma Thurman, Danny DeVito. <laughs> so perhaps we'll run into someone tonight, or perhaps we can just bring our own main character energy. Now, after dinner, we can stay out as late as we want because our bed for the night is parked and waiting for us in the marina and we can go back to the boat at any time. In the morning, we can enjoy some breakfast before setting out for our final destination. It's finally time to settle in to our home base for the month, Sorrento. We have about 17 whole days to really slow down and embrace a slower pace of life. Here, I picture us adopting more of a local lifestyle, so less running from photo spot to photo spot, more reading a book in the park and maybe stopping for gelato on our way home from the market, stuff like that. Something we should definitely do during our time here, though, is make our way out to Bagni Regina Giovanna. Here, we'll find some ruins of what once was a beautiful villa on the very tip of the peninsula just outside the city. And don't forget to pack your swimsuit because there is a little mini lake here that's connected via an arch in the rocks, which makes this little swimming hole look like an absolute dream. Now, I found quite a few restaurants to try in this city. A couple include the Pizzeria de Franco. From the blogs that I read, they all seem to claim that this is the best pizza in Sorrento. Their menu has pages upon pages of different topping varieties to order here. If we're feeling a bit more fancy, we can head over to Il Buco and take part in their tasting menu of Italian dishes. That sounds like absolute heaven. There is also an a la carte menu if you're not down for a tasting experience. I don't know who wrote their menu, but whoever it is, they deserve a raise. There is an item on the dessert menu that's just called an enjoyment of apples. No further information provided. Now, the final one I'll make note of is a restaurant called I Giardini di Cataldo. Now, this place is not actually a restaurant, but a limoncello store. Amalfi Coast is known for its lemons. If you listen to the fun fact of last episode, they're super sweet because of the really nutritious soil here. So naturally, limoncello is a very popular drink 
from this region. Now, I'm naming this store in particular because they actually have a grove of lemon and lime trees right in the center of town. And it's completely free to enter, and they even give out little limoncello samples while you're there. So we can stop in here, tour the grove, and maybe pick up a bottle to take home with us. Now, that's all my recommendations for Sorrento. I wasn't kidding when I said this itinerary was going to be more laid back and open. But for the final piece of this itinerary, I have planned a couple day adventures for us to embark on. A couple day adventures for us to embark on throughout the month. Whenever we feel like it, we can do it all at the beginning and then slow down after. Or we can sprinkle them throughout, completely up to the traveler in this case. The first of which is definitely going to be a pizza or pasta workshop. I found a ton of these on Viator, and I'm sure there's even more on other sites. So I didn't pick a specific one, but they all seem to have the common factors of you get to tour a local Italian farm, and then you get to learn how to make true Italian pizza or fresh pasta, or even pesto, all while sipping on some limoncello or wine, if that's your thing. And the other day adventure is renting out a Vespa and exploring the little towns on maybe the south end of the peninsula. So we could spend a day exploring Positano or Amalfi, which is the town that this coast is named after, or even Atrani, which I've heard is very similar to Positano without the big crowds, which is definitely appealing to me. Either way, the south has lots of beaches, lots of hillside towns to climb up and down and get a leg workout in. On one of those days when we're down at the south point of the peninsula, we should head over to a place called Agricola Fore Porta for lunch. Now here we can eat a nice farm fresh meal on a beautiful terrace. There is a pergola covered in vines and it's on a balcony overlooking the hillside. This terrace looks so beautiful that years ago when I first saw the picture of this place, it inspired me to make an Italian-themed playlist on Spotify just so I could listen to it, close my eyes, and daydream about being on this exact terrace. So if I'm in the region, I'm definitely going to go out of my way to see it. Now that leads us to our final two days, which I mentioned were going to be for traveling home. If you were going back to North America, like I would be, it would probably look like a ferry from Sorrento to Naples and then a train back from Naples to Rome and then flying home from the, the Roman airport. And now we have reached our final appendix of the season. If this is your first episode, this is where I share a little extra information for those who do want to think realistically about this trip. First off, let's talk about the itinerary. I know that this format is not what you're used to, but I also know that this is how a lot of real trips actually get planned, with much more open and flexible itineraries. And I think there are advantages to both. Planning a full day-by-day -day schedule, which I've done for the other episodes, can definitely help prevent decision fatigue while you're on the trip, as long as there is proper buffer times that you're not rushing from one place to the next. It can be really helpful for type A people to actually be able to relax because they don't need to be planning all the time. It's already planned out for them. All the while, this format that we've used today 
allows you to really adapt your plans once you're there based off local recommendations or unforeseen circumstances like bad weather, and you can change up what you were planning on doing. This way, you don't need to worry about how you're going to fit everything in all of a sudden. And it also doesn't have to be one or the other. It can definitely be hybrids. To me, it's crucial that I have at least one or two days in every trip that are quote-unquote free days for me to move things around if I need to. But I also like to have a few days that are pre-structured so that future me can enjoy the journey without needing to figure out the logistics on the spot. I'd love to know what level of planning you guys like to do for your trip, so maybe I'll include a poll if you're listening on Spotify. And I'd also love to hear if you guys think that this format translates well into a podcast episode, or if you think that the day-by-day structure is better from maybe a storytelling point of view. Yeah, reach out on Instagram if you want to share your feedback. I'd love to hear it. Jumping back to focusing on this trip specifically, from my research, it seems like the best time of year to visit is similar to our last episode where it's spring and fall are most recommended. This also will allow us to avoid the heavy crowds of tourists in the summer when most families have time off school. It also just so happens to work out that in the spring and fall, the quote, best lemons are harvested. So if you go during that time, you will see a lot of big juicy lemons on all the trees, which I feel like just makes things look prettier. It's always nice to visit a place when things are in bloom. Next up, let's talk about Capri. More specifically, let's talk about options for Capri. I was going to go very realistic for this trip, but then I saw that yacht on Airbnb and I I couldn't not include it. (laughs) I will also link the Airbnb in the show notes if you do want to check it out. I at least chose the cheapest of the yacht options. But that being said, obviously it's more of a daydream-worthy option and less of an economical option. But there are definitely more economical and affordable options to explore Capri by boat. So let's talk about it. Now, if we went straight from Naples to Sorrento, there are a ton of day tours that you can find on Via Tour that will sail you from Sorrento to Capri and explore sites like the Blue Grotto. It looks like they mostly range from 150 to 250 Canadian dollars, but if you're with a group, you can obviously split that and it will become a lot more affordable. And you can find some more luxurious tours if you have the means and want to go a little bit in between the, the private yacht versus the, the day trip. There is also an even more affordable option than that. You can take a ferry from Sorrento to Capri for about roughly $30, and you can explore the town on your own. You can also head down to the marina, and you can find a bunch of tour companies there where you can book like a, an hour-long boat ride, which will obviously be much cheaper than a full-day tour. But obviously that is a public tour, just keep in mind. So yeah, there are a ton of different options to sail around Capri, and you can just skip the boat altogether and just stay on the island and explore. Now, a quick note on all the food we mentioned. I listed a good amount of restaurants in this episode, but there were definitely more restaurants that I didn't have time to include. For all the foodies, I have included more restaurants in this season one map. Which brings me to the final point of this season. As I say in every episode, thank you for your support. 
Thank you for listening. And as a way to show my appreciation to you all, I have put everything I've mentioned this season into a Google My Maps. You can find the link to this map in the show notes. And consider this this season's journeys made into a visual reference that you can continue to go back to, with a few extra spots included for you to discover. Everything is color-coordinated and ordered by episode. Now, what is next for the show? That's for you to decide. Obviously, since this is the end of season one, I will no longer be continuing weekly posting. However, there may be a few sporadic episodes here and there, but for the most part, during the spring and summer months, I'm just going to be focusing on being more present, a little less daydreaming. That being said, when the weather gets cold again, I know that my daydreaming will kick up again. So currently, I am planning on releasing a season two. Now that's where I need your help. See, I can do another season like this with a new adventure every week, or I have this idea that season two will have a theme which will be taking a gap year in Europe. This season will be one long adventure with each episode building the overarching journey that we go on. I have so many different ideas for it already, but I do know that would mean the entire season two is focused on only one part of the world. So I'm going to post a poll on Insta. Do you want to hear the Euro version of season two? Or do you really like the diversity of the locations? I am more than happy to produce the season either way. So I just want to know, honestly, what would you like to listen to? And with that, we have reached the end of season one. Thank you guys again so much. Have an amazing and dreamy day month and year, everyone. 